Welcome, church. Let's come together now. Let us pray together. Psalmist in Psalm 143 says, Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. Lord, we stand on the foundation of the rock of our Lord Jesus Christ. We do not build our house on sinking sand or on shifting land. But Lord, we stand upon a rock, a solid ground that is found in our Lord Jesus Christ. We surrender all that we have and we lay them down at the feet of our Lord Jesus Christ. I pray, God, right now you bring us to a place of worship, bring us a place of focus, so that as we dive into your word this morning, that your name will be glorified. I pray that this will not be an emotional moment. I pray that this will not be a time where we just worship you with our lips, but our hearts are far away from you. But we choose today to align our hearts and our minds and our spirit and our focus, and we choose today to love you and to worship you and to give you our worship to you, God. For you deserve our all, you deserve our everything. For you have given your all to us. So God, we surrender everything we have and we lay them down at your feet, Lord. As you transition now to the message, I pray, God, that the words of my mouth and all the meditations of the hearts who are here today, Lord, may be pleasing in your sight, O oh Lord. For you alone, O oh Lord, are our rock and our redeemer. We give you all the glory and all the honor. We love you. Pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ, let me pray. And God's people pray. Amen. And amen. All right, God bless you, everyone. Let's take our seat and let's take a moment to greet our fellow neighbors at this time before we begin our message. It's good to see everyone. It's good to see all of you here today. Now, last week's message, the title was called I Will. And today, the message, the title of today's message is called His Will. We're going to talk about the will of our Father, the will of God, discovering His will, discovering the will of our Father. The main passage here today is very short. It's found in Psalm 143, verse 10. And it says, Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. Can we turn to our neighbor and point at the sky and say, your will. Your will will for my life, God. Let me begin with this before I give you the main points. God reveals his will to those who are. God reveals his will to those who are. Number one, willing. The one who is willing. The first step, and many people skip this step, we want to get into right away with knowing His will for our lives. But the first and foremost, the most important step that you need to take is that you need to be willing. God will not reveal His will to you. He will not allow you to live in His will if you are not willing. If you do not have the will to live and to know His will, then he will not reveal his will to us. You will be blinded and you will not know 
His will for your life, one life that you have. So the first step is not knowing God's will, but those who are willing, God will reveal, and then you will know. For if you are not willing, the knowing does not exist. Unless we are willing, we will never know. In quote, Watchman Nee, he says this, He does not force us. He is always waiting for us to become willing. It does not matter if a person knows God's will. It is important that a person be willing to choose God's will. I'll say it again. He does not force us. He is always waiting for us to become willing. It does not matter much if a person knows God's will. It is more important that a person be willing to choose God's will. Meaning we must, letter A, clean our house. And letter B, clean our land. I'll say it again. We must clean our house and let it be clean our land. We must clean ourselves inside out by saying, God, more of you and less of me. Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 23, verse 25 to 28. Jesus says, Whoa! Woe means misery, despair, anguish, and grief. He's saying, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees. Jesus says, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisees, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside also will be clean. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but in the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and Wickedness. I was going to bring two cups. I was actually going to message Andy. Andy, can you just bring two cups? Because, you know, he loves not using soap. One clean on the outside, one dirty on the inside. I was going to have one of you come. And I was going to pour a drink. Have you choose which cup you're going to choose to drink? I'm pretty sure all of us will choose to drink out of a cup that is clean on the inside. Because when you clean the inside first, you must, again, first clean your house. And then you're able to clean your land, the outside. If all we do is clean the outside and inside is full of junk, then we're doing it complete opposite. The Bible makes it clear. More of you and less of me. Meaning he must first increase and then I decrease. It's not I decrease and then he becomes more 
But as He increases in my life, I become less. As He cleans my inside, my outside also becomes clean. Is Jesus calling you a whitewashed tomb? In Israel, you'll see tombs outside on hills. And these tombs are white, pretty. It's really nice to look at, but inside, if you really look into it, we know that it is full of dead corpses and bones. We could look good on the outside, but if our house is not in order, if our inside is not clean, and if we do not have the will to know the will of God, then everything is garbage. God has no care for your status, but what He cares for are those who are willing. Are you willing? The Bible makes it very clear. One example I'll give is found in Luke chapter 21. One of my favorite passages, one of my favorite characters in the Bible. And it's a widow. She doesn't even have a name. And the title says, The Widow's Offering. And Jesus, it says, as Jesus looked up, Jesus is always looking. And he saw, it says, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. Jesus also, in verse 2, it says, he also saw a poor widow. It's not just a widow, but a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. And what does Jesus say? If he's the God of the truth, if he's the God who sees all things and knows all things, what he says must be true. And this is what Jesus says. Truly I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put in more, more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty put in all she had to live on. Another reference of this story is found in Mark chapter 12. And in Mark chapter 12, the reference says, many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow, different writer, different author, but similar, same description. A poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. They all gave out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty, she put in everything, all she had to live on. God does not care about the many or the much, but he cares about those who are willing. He cares about the one, the small, the few, the ones who are willing to know his will. So again, God reveals his will to those who are willing. If you are willing, you will first clean your house. Let it be. You will clean your land. Today we must say to God, Lord, more of you and less of me. Not less of me and more of you. For it begins with you and starts with you and it ends with you. More of you and less of me. Can we all read John 3, 30 together? Ready? One, two, three. He must become greater. I must become less. Let's read the ESV version together. Ready? One, two, three. He must increase, but I must decrease. Amen. And amen. For it must be done in this order, not the other way around. For it is he who changes us 
and transforms us. Amen. And amen. Number two, God reveals His will to those who are qualified. Qualified, qualified, qualified. What makes someone qualified? For God to reveal His will. What makes you qualified? For God to reveal His will for your life. We live as, letter A, true worshipers. B, ones who know He. He meaning God has a relationship with the Lord. Letter C, consecrated followers. When I say consecrated, I'm talking about you live as set apart, as followers of Jesus Christ. And letter D, call disciples. So again, we live as true worshipers. We live as ones who know He. We live as consecrated followers. We live as call disciples. John 4, verse 23 to 26, it says this, Yet a time is coming. And has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. She knows. She knows it. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. So our answer should not be he will. It is not he will, but he has already. He has already qualified me because I live my life in faith. I live my life. I live as a true worshiper. I live as the one who knows he. I live as an individual who is a consecrated follower of Christ. I live as a called disciple, for he called me. And the question, who is he? Point letter B, ones who know he, who is he? Verse 26, Jesus declared, I the one speak to you, I am he. Who is this he? His name is Jesus Christ. And he was there in the beginning, the middle, and the end, and forever he will be. He was there in Genesis. He was there in Exodus. And he was there in Revelation. He was there through it all. Romans, Acts, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Ephesians. He was there through it all. In Genesis 18, God reveals himself to Abraham. Exodus 3, chapter 18, chapter 33. God reveals himself to Moses, the call of Moses that extends to Moses. In Acts chapter 9, chapter 22, 26, the story of Paul being transformed, meeting the Lord on the road to Damascus, the call of God that extends to his life as God, as Christ calls Paul out of the ashes. He's calling you out of the ashes. Acts 26, verse 12 to 18, it says, On one of these journeys, I was going to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priest. About noon, King Agrippa, as I was on the road, I saw a light from heaven. 
brighter than the sun blazing around me and my companions. We all fell to the ground, and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against the goats. That phrase, it is hard for you to kick against the goats. In other words, just saying, why are you being so hurtful to yourself? Why are you harming yourself and to others, being a harm to others? He's saying, why are you working against me? Why are you causing hindrance to my work, to my kingdom work? You are arrogant. You are stubborn like an ox. You are working against me. Then I asked, who are you, Lord? Jesus responds by saying, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Now get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you, appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen and will see of me. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. The same God that called, the same Christ that called Abraham in Genesis 18. The same God, the same Christ that called Moses in Exodus 3, 18 and 33. The same Christ, the same God that called Paul in Acts 9, Acts chapter 22 and 26. is the same God that allows us to be qualified to know his will. You must live as true worshipers. Ones who know he, you must live as consecrated followers. You must live as called disciples. All these individuals in the Bible, they became true worshipers. They had a relationship with the Lord. They continually consecrated themselves being set apart and prostrated themselves with humility before the Lord and were called. The definition to consecrate means this, to have a direct relationship to God's will. This relationship should not be affected by the brothers and sisters. If the Lord wants me to go to the east, I will go to the east. I will not be affected by any person, event, or thing. However, my eyes will not be set on the east, but on God himself. The danger of God's workers today is the danger of making their work the center. We cannot build up any intimate relationship with the work, people, or any event. We must be directly related to God and set our eyes on him and on him alone. To consecrate means to remember, to look at the giver, to look at Jesus Christ. Not on the event, not on the mission, not on the goal, not on any person. But you put your focus on the Lord. When you put your focus on the Lord, you will live as a true worshiper. Ones who know he consecrated followers call disciples. Amen. Amen.
And leading to our last point here, closing with this, point number three. Let's go back to the phrase, God reveals his will to those who are faithful. When I say faithful, I'm talking about devoted. I'm talking about those who are unceasing, who are constant. I'm talking about long-lasting. I'm talking about continuous. And I'm talking about enduring. Any of these words can be point number three. Not just faithful, devoted, unceasing. At first, I unceasing, and that changed to constant, to long-lasting. I was like, all right, faithful. I'm going to stick to faithful. For God cares and calls those who are faithful. For if you're faithful, you will be fruitful. I'm not talking about fruitful. I'm talking about faithfulness. It is not just about the start. It is not just about the end. But it's about the middle, the continuation. The devotion, the consistency, the endurance, the continuation. Watchman Nee says this, if one has a proper start, even if one has a proper start, he still cannot know God's will if he does not have a proper continuation. You want to know God's will? Continue. Endure. Be faithful. Don't stop. And how do we know if we are faithful Christians? How? It's easy. It's cake. I'll give it to you. Every day we, letter A, live as friends of Christ. B, remove our blockades in Christ. Blockades meaning barrier, like that barrier where the entrance is to the other side of the parking lot. Hindrances, distractions, anything that gets in your way. From you drawing closer to the Lord. It could even be the smallest details of your life. For you to not be able to hear the Lord, it only takes a small finger for you to block out the noise. It doesn't even have to be a big wall. So smallest to the big things. Make sure that every day we remove our blockades in Christ. See, sit, walk, and stand in Christ. And lastly, letter D, devote ourselves to Christ. And the key phrase here is every day. Every day you must do this. Those of you who have a glass shower, you take a squeegee and you do it every day then you will have a clean glass later but you try to cheat try to use one of those spray that takes away the water you know how like what is it called for windows they use it for car wash they put it on your windows when it rains no dirt sticks it's pretty amazing I have a friend who's obsessed with those things he has issues but he gets all those products but really, in the long run, it's not really good because it leaves gunks. And sometimes people use it on their shower glass. 
Yes, it will look clean for a little bit. But unless you get into the work and do it every single day, mildew, fungus will grow. But if you do it every day, it will be absent. So every day, letter A, we live as friends of Christ. B, remove our blockades in Christ. C, sit, walk, and stand in Christ. D, devote ourselves to Christ. Every day, every day, every day. Those who don't know God's will are not even qualified to be called a Christian. They are wasting His provisions. Those who do not know God's will cannot do God's work. If a servant does not know the will of his master, how can he be a servant? It is possible for an unbeliever to be ignorant of God's will, but it's inexcusable for us, meaning Christians, to be ignorant of his will. A Christian must first be a friend of Christ, one who knows his will before he can be a slave of Christ. One who serves him, we have to ask ourselves, Are we a friend of the Lord? Is there any barrier between us and the Lord? And do we know His will? Only after we have become His friends can we be His servants to work for Him. The qualified will know, and the one who knows will be qualified. The one who is willing will be qualified, and the one who is qualified will be willing. The one who is qualified and is willing will remain faithful in their sitting, in their walking, and in their standing with the Lord in their devotion to Christ. You cannot have one without the other. We need to look to the Lord right now, and we need to ask ourselves this question with urgency. Am I willing? Am I qualified? Am I faithful? Going back to the title, His will. He will. It starts with those who are willing. Are you willing? If you're willing, turn to the Lord today. For He loves you and He welcomes you. He has a plan and a purpose for you. Come home running. Run to him. Run back to the Father. You will not know his will if you're not willing. If you're not willing, you will never know the will of God in your life. Some of you who are here today, you have small blockades in your life. You have things that you are holding on to, things that are keeping you from knowing his will fully but it is not about you yes you do it it ultimately your decision but it is the Lord that prompts your heart that brings conviction to the heart to lead you into making that decision it is Christ that we remove the obstacles and the hindrances and the blockades that have been built up over the years Remember, all it takes is a finger to cover the eye, to cover the ear. All it takes is 
a little shift for you to be able to see the light. You're looking up and you're trying to look at the beautiful sky and that view is blocked by a tiny leaf. And all you're doing is just staying there, oh, this branch is in my way, I guess I can't enjoy this view. But all it takes is for you to take a step backwards, to take a step right to the left, shift your position just even a little bit to be able to see clearly. And let us ask the Lord to give us the courage and the wisdom to be able to see the truth so that we may be willing, be qualified, and be faithful in this one life, one chance that we have in this Christian faith, in this Christian walk before the Lord. At the end of the day, we all stand alone before God, and I want the best for you, but really, ultimately, it's your decision. Position yourself in the right place so that you may be able to receive the truth of the Word of God here today. As you get ready for our anniversary weekend, it's coming up soon, I pray that we will really align our hearts, our soul, and our emotions and our choices, and we will look to the Lord. And may we be willing to follow him today. Amen and amen. Can we all stand to our feet? We're going to sing verse 1, verse 2, verse 3, and then we're going to sing the chorus a few times. As we sing this, let us worship together. Let us look to him and worship him. In spirit and in truth, let's allow this song to become our prayer for us, for those who have difficulty, who are undergoing trials, and you have no words to say, and words are hard to speak. Allow the music, allow the song, the lyrics here in this music to assist you and to aid you into being a prayer. A prayer, not just a song that you're singing, words that you're reading on the screen, but a prayer from your heart. Let's sing together. Oh, heart of mine, why must you
Father, thank you for revealing your will to us. That, Lord, you reveal your will to those who are, number one, willing. Therefore, may we clean our house and clean our land. Lord, more of you and less of me. You must become greater and I must become less. You must increase and then I will decrease, Lord. God, reveal your will to those who are willing, to those who are qualified. May we live our lives as true worshipers, ones who know the consecrated followers and called disciples. And lastly, to those who are faithful. Therefore, every day may we live as friends of Christ, Remove our blockades in Christ. May we sit, walk, and stand in Christ. May we devote ourselves to Christ. We give you all the glory and all the honor. And may the name of the Lord be praised. We thank you. We love you. Pray all these things. In your precious Son, Jesus Christ, let me pray. God's people pray. Amen. And amen. together. May the Lord bless you, and may the Lord keep you, and may the Lord shine his face upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace and help you understand to live in the will of the Father. And may the Lord continue, the great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good in completing his work here on this earth. May he work within us what is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, the one and only Son of God, to whom be glory forever and ever. And as God's people we pray, amen. Amen. And amen.